This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. TV Wrestling Network, friends and family. Hello. Welcome to the newest episode of Your Home for Everything, Modern Day, Current, and Right Now Wrestling, Place to Be Nation's main event. I am your tri-host, Scott Briscola. Welcome uh, to the show. i uh, got a lot to talk about. It's summertime, which means we have uh, lots of shows kind of hanging around, coming up. August, busy month for a lot of uh, promotions as we head into the fall. Uh, so let's talk about it. First of all, let us bring in the purveyor of the Kings of Sport Patreon. Must be very happy that the Commanders, I know he's a Falcons fan, but the Commanders, his team in his backyard now not owned by a complete scumbag. Um, now the Falcons just need to win, period. What do you think, Godfather Nate Milton? Can we can we pool some Patreon money to buy the Falcons? Mm, well, uh, you know, I might not need Patreon money much longer, Scott Criscola, because as you mentioned, uh, the Commanders are under new management. But uh, you know, energy and 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 uh, resources and assets—they're they're forces of nature, Scott, and and they yeah. just don't disappear. They find another place to to to. Uh, Function And so I'd like to finally announce that uh, Daniel Snyder has purchased the Kings of Sport. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, I will not be responsible for any of the content that we produce uh, in the future. But uh, uh, thank you for joining us, uh, Daddy Dan. I could see <laughs> the next NWA pod with <laughs> Dan Snyder and Dr. Chris and. That would yep. be hilarious. Just, just not even the podcast. Just Chris working with Daniel Snyder. <laughs> I think that would be epically ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but I would pay five hundred dollars a month on the Patreon just for that. <laughs> um, Nathaniel, always a pleasure. Yes. That little chuckle you heard in the background. I've talked to this guy more than once this week, but I could talk to him every day. Good evening, Nathan. Uh, I was say Nathaniel. The other Nathaniel. Um, good evening, Steve Alois. As well, he's a scroll. Yes, he's a scroll. He's the Nate scroll. I rip off my my mask and I'm actually Samuel Jackson, but then I'm Nate, and then I'm I'm Marcus Stroman, who's on my team, and then I go back to Steve Willie, and then um and then I take a nap because I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, I've just been following the the scumbags at Northwestern this week. That's mm. been oh, my. You're like all. I mean, you are like all over. You are yeah. all over that story. Yeah, I'm. I've been following it. I've I've had a very strange work week, where I've had some uh, free time to do paperwork, and instead I'm just both reading and um. And, and if you're interested in in listening the about the all the Northwestern scandal, the the score out of Chicago is doing an incredible job. You know, it's sports talk, but they also broke the whole Northwestern baseball story uh, uh, live on the radio. They've um, they've just had people on. They broke lacrosse today. They actually had Dave Wanstead call in who works he works for the station and also works for like the NBC affiliate in Chicago. And he's basically like, 
first thing in the morning, he's like, yeah, hey, guess what? Guess who I talked to yesterday? They tried to hire me as, as a coach. Mm. But then they wanted me to be the head coach, but not actually the head coach, just a special assistant. And then they would be the same people there, but I would just sit in the press box all day. <laughs> wow. Just absolutely bizarre world. Yeah, there's there, there's talk of the feds are going to get involved, possibly, because mm. across state lines, you know, minors involved. Mm-hmm. Pimping Crazy. cheerleaders. Mm. <laughs> it's incredible. Apparently, Daniel Snyder, coach. the president of Northwestern, Steve Willie. <laughs> uh, they might need him. <laughs> Apparently, from what I've read, the baseball coach was actually a bigger piece of shit than even Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah, I actually think so. Um, the baseball they, coach was like a total bastard. He was like this, like he was like sexually harassing the team's manager, like the you know, like the student manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, play per, uh, playing people hurt on purpose. Mm. Like if you were injured, it didn't matter. You had to go out and play anyway. And so Northwestern did an investigation, which is kind of the key to these entire stories of Northwestern investigation right. is in quotation marks. They didn't interview one player on the mm-hmm. baseball team. And it wasn't until the talk radio guy who had a couple connections um, in faculty um, and some assistant coaches basically were the ones that were interviewed. And it wasn't until they reported on the radio that uh, a week later that the coach got fired. But, of course, the excuse was they can't fire the baseball coach because they're too busy trying to figure out how to fire the football coach. <laughs> so you got to, you know, you can only do so many investigations into your sports at one time. Mm. Uh, that is true. Um, I'm trying to look for for those that are not aware, because Steve Willie seems to be the only one that is aware. Um, let's see. Uh, it actually was on the CBS Morning News today, like television. Gail oh, King. Wow. Gail King, I'm assuming, because who else could it be? Gail King, who, by the way, started her career in Connecticut. Thank you very much. Um, she was birthed by Oprah. You know, none of this Connecticut stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah gave birth Oprah, to her in 83 well, on AM Chicago. Oprah birthed her here. Okay. <laughs> right her Connecticut coven. I don't know. Anyway, um, so for those who don't know, in May 2006... The website badjocks.com republished photos a reader had found on web shots of the women's soccer team hazing its freshmen. Oh, God. Yep. The whole team was suspended for a time. In the wake of the incident, head coach Jimmy Haig resigned since athletic director Mark Murphy named Stephanie Erickson the school's all-time leader um, in goals and points as Haig's replacement. That was at the beginning. But this has gotten much, much worse. This was the hazing. And, of course, I don't know why the guys didn't get punished. But basically, they one of the things was that they would make the freshmen uh, do lap dances on the men's soccer team, which is like, oh, that's like that's not the worst thing. Keep in mind that freshmen are not always 18 mm-hmm. as well. Uh, you know, you can uh, no. have you can easily be 17 and be doing this. Well, and not to mention the fact that. You know, you're sending your kid away to school uh, and your daughter's first thing is giving people lap dances. So, yeah, that that was that incident. The volleyball Uh, and the volleyball and softball ones we don't even know about right now. We just know that they exist. So here's another one. So on July 7th, 
so this is what about two weeks ago. Uh, the school announced that Fitzgerald, Pat Fitzgerald would be put on a two-week suspension after an independent investigation into hazing allegations revealed that a whistleblower's claims were largely supported by evidence. He denied knowing about the hazing and began his two-week pay, without pay suspension. The investigation was conducted by a law firm in D.C. and led by Maggie Hickey, a former Illinois inspector general. The next day, uh, the Daily Northwest reported that hazing allegations involved coerced sexual acts and that Fitzgerald may have known that the hazing took place. The Daily Northwestern reported on July 10th that Northwestern's football team had a culture-enabling racism. Following the Daily's reporting, Northwestern President Michael Schill wrote in a letter to the community that he had failed to sufficiently consider Fitzgerald's failure in levying a sanction. Three days later, on the 10th, he was fired. The uh, the outside investigation, uh, outside investigators that they hire, uh, typically does work with Northwestern, by the way. So that was our independent uh, law firm. Oh, that that the, that the students figured out in like 24 hours that the actual law firm in since November. So we're talking nine months. The uh, 18, 19, 20 and 21 year old newspaper uh, writers figured out more to the story than the quote unquote independent law firm. Can you tell I'm fired up? Mm. <laughs> well, and for for me, I think it's a little bit more. It's like my hometown university, like my. You know, aunt like lives right there. My grandma does. Like, you know, that's that's the Chicago University. So, uh, my, my daughter was interested in going there, uh, and uh, she's not going there. But that's here, neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, like this uh, super. I, I just think it's a little different too when it's like this hoity-toity, like Harvard, Yale type school. You know, one of the best academic schools in the nation, uh, with right. this great law firm. With this, you know, one of the best law schools in the country, and yet they're just a bunch of idiots. And it's going to get just, bigger. I'm just surprised because this. I mean, I. How do I, how do I word this? Um, I I wouldn't have thought that a school like Northwestern would have had this problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a like you would think like a large state school that has hundreds of thousands of students that could truly hide it mm-hmm. was involved like uh, i'm not going to name schools down anyone really thinking i'm playing favorites uh, basically the entire big 10 at this point right or or the entire sec or the you know usc ucla like any of those kind of big schools you would have thought they would have been the kind of school not saying them but a bigger school now, Northwestern's not small, but Northwestern's not like University of Michigan, which has what, like five hundred thousand students or some shit. Yeah. So, and they're and like it's one of the schools where the endowment. I think they said their endowment's like fifteen billion. See, if we had a sports podcast like like this deep, this is like I would be all over doing this right now. I, it, um, it's just so interesting to me that with such an incredible law school and all these people working for them, that they just flubbed. The like the actual investigation so badly and just every mm. step of the way, it, it, like the supposedly the next lawsuit, which is supposed to drop tomorrow, is going to make these other ones look like nothing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so sounds, sounds like somebody booked themselves for the August edition of the Kings of Sport. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have Daniel Snyder reach out to you, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) 
A second lawsuit against Northwestern and its current and former leaders was filed Wednesday on the behalf of alleged hazing and abuse. Uh, Pat Salvi alleged physical and psychological abuse. Um, uh, behavior. I'm trying to find, like, what are the specifics? Um, uh, you don't want to know. So no, our football one's pretty bad. Mm. Um, Northwestern, to extend long, said uh, new recruits had no sense of whether the hazing was normal or limited to Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that stuff will come out a little bit more now that this bag is open. I think you're going to be seeing mm-hmm. long stuff other come players, out of other schools as well. Well, this this is probably the, the one you're, I think this is what you're referring to. Long and other players who spoke Wednesday referenced running. Yep. In which mm-hmm. a group of upperclassmen restrain younger teammates and perform sexualized acts on them. Uh, nude dry humping, which mm. is something that... that um, it's like running. What is that? Like, is that? That's not what I think. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, don't call that up on your urban dictionary at work, people. That's just like, I, I didn't, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. that, that's just my pro tip. Um, it's unbelievable. Like, and, and like the other thing about it is like who, this stuff like went on for years. Who yeah. like comes up with that? Right. There, there's that's players so, in a boat. Yeah. Players are physically and emotionally beaten down and that some have contemplated suicide. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing, Steve, which I think you could speak to, you know, uh, being your area of expertise, because the question I think most people would have is, why would the upperclassmen do this in the first place? And the reason I would say is because they had it done to them. Yes. So you're just perpetuating the trauma. Mm -hmm. And feeling that you have no choice. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, a lot of the, you know, there are people and the, the one person who's really speaking out about it um, is kind of recognizing his his privilege because he has like I think he's like the third generation of mm. Northwestern students. And it's not like it's parents, grandparents, uncles, kind of like a legacy student mm-hmm. um, and a quarterback. So it's not like this is, you know, some sort of like right. nobody. Um, and it's like, hey, some of these people were first year, you know, first generation students. And the only reason they were able to get there to like a school was having this, you know, scholarship for football because you're not going right. to Northwestern to make the NFL. And they had like a right. guy drafted in the first round this year, like a lineman. But, you know, this is your your chance to get some pretty high quality education on top of it. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, they felt that they couldn't say anything or they felt like, hey, maybe this is normal, you know, because, again, this happened to recruits. Some of those could be as young as 16. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, it's uh, unbelievable. And what's sad is if you look at, like, Northwestern football, we're not exactly talking Alabama either. Like, <laughs> they were 1-11 like, last year. They got a lot of nerve acting that way at all mm-hmm. considering i mean they're not they're not even michigan or ohio state jesus christ they're not even iowa um i mean you look at their record in the last i mean they didn't win they haven't won a, they won the, they last won the big 10 in 2000 yeah and that um, was like that's they had this one really hot season yeah, they did win. They won the the West twice under Pat Fitzgerald and got their ass kicked by Ohio State in the conference championship both times. Yep. He did take them to a series of of uh bowl games. Um but 
we're not exactly again talking Bo Schembechler or you know I couldn't even say Woody Hayes but Woody Hayes lost his mind too so here was Pat's record he was nine games over 500 and he was 11 <laughs> games under in conference so his, his when he, he he took the job in 2006 he was four. I can't believe. We'll get to wrestling, folks. Don't worry. But Steve, we knew Steve was going to hey, open there, up. It's it's related to WWE. To be honest, it's like this: protect the the leader at all costs. Like a guy who was there for sixteen years, and everyone seemed to love him. And you know, like Northwestern sucked even worse before him. And yeah. you know, like you know what Vince says allegedly, um, but you know he paid out millions of dollars, so probably not so allegedly. Did was far worse. But, you know, like instead of protecting, you know, the the students or in like WWE's case, you know, like the female employees, they protect, you know, the person up top. And like you said, yeah. Scott, there's no reason in this case to do it. He's not mm, even a good no. coach. Mm. He he won double digit games three times. 2012, they went 10 and three and won the Gator Bowl. 2017, they went 10 and three. They won the Music City Bowl. And uh, 2015, they went 10 and three and won the out and lost the Outback Bowl. But he went four and eight, six and six, nine and four, eight and five, seven and six, six and seven, ten and three, five and seven, five and seven, ten and three, seven and six, ten and three, nine and five, three and nine, seven and two, three and nine, and one and eleven. He would he would throw those ten and threes in to pretty much keep his job because I'll be mm-hmm. honest, um, you know he doesn't have those ten and threes. He probably would have been fired in like 2014, 2015. Those were contract because, years. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, he's 110 and 101 in six, 17 years, and he was 65 and 76 in the Big Ten. We're not talking Woody Hayes here. They fired Woody Hayes because he slugged a guy on Clemson in the 78 Gator Bowl, and he's the greatest coach in the history of the university. Sorry, yeah. Jim Trestle. Greatest coach in the history of the university. Or who's the other guy? Yeah, Jim Trestle. Um, you know, he's not Bo Schembechler. He's not even friggin', um, oh, I had that coach in the back of my mind. Earl Bruce. I'm really kicking it old school. John Cooper. You know, <laughs> Gary Moeller. Lloyd Carr. I don't know. Throwing out every, <laughs> notice the only coach that I the top of my head. God, for God's sakes, he's not Joe Paterno. And look what <laughs> happened to that school. Mm. Talk about protecting. Really? Talk about a school that that made a hat that made a practice of protecting. Yeah, and there the people went to jail cards. for that. Mm-hmm. Well, the job and not just got- the not just the abuser. People went to school for uh, went to jail for that. Yeah. Yep. This guy is mediocre at best as a uh, what, mediocre at best as a football coach. What's crazy, too, is that all the assistant coaches are still there. Mm. And there is a, a very high likelihood that some of them participated in this. Yes. That's a, what the lawsuits are alleging. Even if they didn't participate, they knew what was going on. They had to know. Yeah. Yep. And I've heard, like, oh, there's 100 people, you know, students on the team. Like, how is the head coach going to know? They know mm. everything. Thing. Hmm. They know everything, and if they don't, there's like 25 coaches on those teams. Yeah. It's like the well. line from it's like the line from the great Rush song "Free Will." If you choose not to decide, you have still made a choice. 
Mm-hmm. It's a great point. Yep. Great point. So it's sad because it's a solid university. A lot of people, you know, a lot of there's a lot of well-known Wildcat alums. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially when you, you talk know. about journalism. Like, it's mm-hmm. right. Absolutely. It's the Syracuse of the Midwest. Those are yeah. those are some of the heroes right there that these are. And it, and it shows the importance of and I and you guys know this. I'm, I'm you know, preaching to the choir here. It shows the importance of actual journalism mm-hmm. because these were kids that uncovered all this. You know, these uh, like they are they were trying to get him off scot free for. A two-week suspension in the middle of July. I, yeah. I'm not a college football expert, but pretty sure nothing's happening in July. <laughs> so right, and then like the next day, like bombshells after bombshell, and they had to have known it. Mm-hmm. It's not like all of a sudden they woke up and yeah, it is. It's that that I think is the take-home message: is how important real journalism is, and that we can't just just continue to dump local journalism and actual news gathering aside. Marcus uh, Vandenberg, I expect a little bit of money my way for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the other thing too is, I mean, we haven't heard anything about hoops. We haven't heard anything hoops related. Now there's a school that was one of the last, was one of the last, um, uh, Division one schools to make the tournament. Yeah. So it's not like they're freaking Kentucky or Duke. That was something I heard today. Like Chris Collins, uh, you know, pretty big name is their coach, you know, Dukey. Uh not said a word. No, nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, I'm just gonna stay out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back in November. Um and then you got baseball. The guy was only head coach for a year. Mm-hmm. And it was terrible. It was like 10 and 40. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst part. All this hazing and you suck. Mm-hmm. We're not talking, you know, if we're talking football, we're not talking Alabama, right? We're not talking Ohio State or Clemson, okay? And we're not talking, you know, Miami baseball or Texas or Cal State Fullerton. We're talking about a a, a an athletic program full of losers. That's what makes it even worse. Like, where do you get off acting this way to recruits and freshmen when you suck? Yeah. That's the worst part. Maybe they need the death penalty. I, yeah, they should. They should be shutting. I, I'm waiting to hear from the Big Ten and the NCAA. Yeah. Like, why, why isn't this whole thing just like, no, you're shut down for the year? I mean, yes. we're not talking one sport. I mean, literally... Who would be the only one left? The women's programs? There is six sports for sure, including cheerleading, uh, to various levels of, and the cheerleading. At least one of them has already been delegated, or um, what's the word? Uh, adjudicated. Like there has been mm-hmm. a settlement and everything. The did, did I say what the cheerleading was? One was, or we uh, go with soccer? No, the cheerleading one was. Uh, Holding yeah, no. almost. I almost got they um, would send the cheerleaders to alumni events with like the really super rich old donor dudes and say, yeah, they would tell them that you have to flirt with these old 
you know, rich Chicago guys. And uh, of course, what happens, like some of them got groped by all of these because they were forced to go to these events and, you know. So in other words, they were they were whored out. They were whored out. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Yeah. And uh, at least one of them won a pretty nice chunk of money as well. She should. And listen, if they're freshmen, like you said, may not be 18 yet. Yep. Ugh. Ugh. Stay here with the PlayStation's main event. <laughs> Welcome to the main event. Mm-hmm. For all of your <laughs> sports. Bring, bring, you back to, bring you back to wrestling. What you're saying, Steve, is they need a Triple H to come clean up the mess. They need Triple H to come. Yep. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Triple H to clean up the mess and rebook the, fo- rebook the sports program. Mm. Bring back the Triple purple H and white brand. Triple is H the is AD not. fired yet, Steve? And if not, why not? No, he's not. Triple that should H have been does done. not. That should have been 11 days ago. Triple H does not work in uh, mid-card. So. Yeah, for, uh, purple and white 2.0. Come on. Come on, Hunter. <laughs> purple and white 2.0. <laughs> All right. Enough of that slop. Thanks. All thanks right. for letting me uh, speak on that stuff. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fired up about it. As well, you you, well, you've already been invited. Well, we already. In, in fact, uh, Nate, uh, I can ask uh, Mr. Snyder if you'd like to snip the edit this little piece and put it on the King's Report. <laughs> you totally feel free. Totally feel free. All I ask is that I get to sit in the uh, third tier Patreon and not just the second tier Patreon. <laughs> I want the third tier uh, booth for the price of the second tier booth. Just Give me the upgrade. Yeah. I want the upgrade. Anyway, all right. So let's talk about this. Uh, Wednesday night was Blood and Guts in Boston. Uh, I know at least Ryan Gray from the PTB family went. And I think a couple other people went too. Uh, pretty much Blood and Guts is AEW's war games. Mm-hmm. Um, it was bloody. Big shock because John Moxley's in the match. So of course, <laughs> it's bloody. Um, uh, overall, Steve, what did you think? I thought I watched the whole show. Um, I thought I thought that if you look at the totality of the entire show, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I thought it was like pay per view quality show. You had um. The newly heel uh, Jack Perry dump his Baltimore song and come out to Beethoven um, and knock yes. off knock off Hook via cheating. So he's the new FTW champion. It was a uh, it was a decent match. It wasn't anything like it wasn't like some sort of four star match or anything like that. But it was a good right. story. And then you have Taz in the booth who's getting all pissed off. There's like a Britt Baker squash, and then um, probably got a bigger pop than Blood and Guts. To be honest, was. Uh, MJF and Adam Cole against Sammy Guevara and Danny Garcia, which I, I'm not the biggest MJF fan and I'm not the biggest Adam Cole fan, but they found something here. They have really found something here. This is like not to the extent of Sami Zayn in the bloodline, but it's pretty darn fun. So, um, I, I mean, there's a dance off. It was it was comedy, mm-hmm. a, a comedy match with action in it. So more storytelling. The blood and guts itself. I was a little let down. Mm. I also have ridiculously high expectations because Kota Ibushi's, as I said on this program, is one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, I forgot in my excitement that Ibushi, I believe, has wrestled twice in the last year and a half. So uh, he was kind of limited in what he did. Um, Also, his style is kind of limited in this type of match, to be honest. Um, They had to deal with Danielson's injury. 
for the second blood and guts in a row. So they had Pac in there, who was a, who was a good fit. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't as bloody as the previous ones. I thought the second blood and guts was the best. Um, mm-hmm. The first mm-hmm. was the one that was in uh, Jacksonville and Daly's place uh, with Jericho falling off onto like a rigged stage yeah. thing. Um, I'd have to look back at that one uh, to see if this one was better. The The big spots that they did was using a bed of nails, which was a really cool visual. Uh, I know how that works uh, from my physics days. I actually had a professor like lay on a bed of nails and had another professor break a cinder block over his stomach. That's my education. For you. <laughs> wow. Um, and, you know, it didn't really hurt. But it, uh, as a visual, it looked terrifying. Um, like Moxley laying on the bed of nails and then Abushi doing a moonsault on top, like a backflip moonsault on top of him, stuff like that. Mm. Um, the ending fell kind of flat because uh, it was, it reminded me of uh, some of the old w, uh, NWA ones where like the match stopped and you're like, wait, how did the, why did the match just stop? Like uh, when JJ Dillon was getting beat. And they and, um, you know, they basically um, quit for him. And that's what happened is that John Moxley was handcuffed uh, to the rope and they were choking out Wheeler Yuta with a chain after Pac and Takeshita had already left the cage and walked out on the BCC. And like you didn't see Wheeler Yuta tap at all or say I quit, but the bell rang and it it turned out that Moxley quit for him. Um, Omega looked amazing. He's looked amazing all year. I thought the Bucks really, it wasn't their best showing. Um, it, just Ibushi being there was was really cool. And um, Paige looked good. Um, I think on the other side, Claudio probably looked the best. And, and Pac, who was just kind of inserted last minute. And that kind of their story and him walking out on Claudio and the BCC is going to lead into their Ring of Honor uh, pay-per-view, which they, I believe they've completed the entire card this week. <laughs> they came up yeah, with the so whole gonna, thing. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, so All Out has no uh, matches uh, as of yet. There are no All Out matches. Uh, we still got, you know, what? There's one that will be... Six weeks left. Yeah, there's one that will be determined on Friday that has already been taped where we'll, we'll know who the challenger for the TNT title in Chicago will be. Mm. Not in England yet, but they say that that's going to start falling into place starting next week. Why are why are we why do I feel like Steve we're skipping this Wembley pay-per-view and going straight to the Chicago pay-per-view? Why do I feel that? I felt like they pimped the crap out of the London pay-per-view even before Double or Nothing was air happened. And now I feel like we are skipping Wembley and thinking about Chicago. Like if you go to AEW's YouTube channel, their their front banner is all out. Hmm. Not all in. Oh, maybe because they've just put the tickets on sale in the last few days. And they're about maxed out. I mean, they have like mm. 76,000, I think. Um, and I think it's is this. The... Uh, is this too much? Yes. Why are we doing back-to-back weeks? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is too much. <laughs> like, why are we doing back-to-back weeks? I don't get I, but it. My only thing I could think of with that is the they wanted to do england and maybe this was the only time they could do it mm-hmm. and then they have all out as their yearly tradition on labor day weekend uh, that's the only thing i can think of 
because it is super tight uh, in there. Um, so it uh, like and then building to all that and, and then you, you see the Ring of Honor pay-per-view and how that suffers. Although, uh, to be honest, Ring of Honor isn't really important as we're as we're learning now. Um, but, yeah, it is too much. I have no idea how they're going to do that. I think all in is going to be a bunch of dream matches using, you know, like you'll see Osprey there. Um, Joe has already some Joe said he knows he's going to be a part of it in some way. Um, but next week, I, th- I think they build to build, build towards Forbidden Door, then Blood and Guts, and now we're going to kind of lead from starting next week, lead into All In and All Out. Mm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Nate? I mean, they got a book, like literally. <laughs> that's like doing it's. It literally feels like almost like WrestleMania and SummerSlam back to back weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in addition to the, all the cards that Steve just mentioned, last week they had that big uh, episode of Collision where you had the uh, Owen Hart Cup. And uh, tag, the two weeks of tag matches with FTR yep. and the Bullet yep. Club. And so it feels like, you know, not, not to, not to uh, cast aspersions, Steve Willie, but it feels like for somebody to have this much energy to book all of these shows, they would need some type of foreign substance Mm. Uh, in, in their bodies to, to, to have that sustainable energy. But uh, I think when you look at the model of AEW, at least this year, it feels very much like we are trying to maximize as much as we can. And I think, like you said, the London thing uh, might have just been uh, based on when it was available. And so they had to take it. Uh, if not now, then, you know, we got to wait a whole nother year. Um, but even with blood and guts, like I've watched the main event, but I haven't watched the rest of the show just because I forgot <laughs> about it last night. Like I forgot. I'm like, I know AEW's on. So I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll fl- click over, uh, while I'm watching the baseball game, got stuck on the baseball game. And then I just head on Twitter. Uh, I'm still on Twitter until threads until threads feels like home. It doesn't feel like home yet. Steve Willie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't think it'll ever feel like home. It's weird. Uh, I, I see people tweeting about blood and guts. I'm like, oh, that was tonight, huh? And so, like, I caught the uh, back half of the main event and then went and uh, watched the rest of it today on my lunch break. And so, like, I thought again, I thought it was a good match. Probably the second best of the three. I do like that. There's like, I don't, I don't know how intentional this is, uh, Steve, but each year of blood and guts kind of dovetails into the next year because in the first one you had uh, the pinnacle beat uh, the inner circle. And then the next year Jericho comes back and loses to the Blackpool combat club. And then this year, again, we get the BCC and the golden elite. And so it's like, it's like you have to qualify to be in this, you know, just some QTV can't get into a blood and guts. You got to have some type of lineage, Steve (laughs) Willie to, to get into this. Um, but I do feel like there could be a point. And, and honestly, I'm probably already at that point just based on real life stuff, but like you can't watch everything. And so the question then becomes for Tony, I think Tony Khan is in the place where Marvel is right now. Steve Willie Mm. does everything. Do you have to watch everything to enjoy something? 
because is every, if everything's connected, then if I miss something because I have to work, or if I miss something because I'm watching something else, am I going to be missing out? And so, I, I like like I said, the the events have been good. Like we there's there's not a there's not really a fault with the product, Steve Willie. I just think in terms of the delivery of the product, it's like we went from you know a garden hose to a fire hydrant with the frequency of these events and. Yeah. I can't speak for the, you know, the average AEW fan, but just for me, you know, in terms of watching it, I, I keep up as best I can, but I can't watch everything. Yeah, the the weekend of Forbidden Door broke me because mm. <laughs> that was the weekend that had Money in the Bank, mm-hmm. the first collision. Yeah, yeah. And um, Forbidden Door. And. I wanted to watch all three of those. I knew that I was not going to be able to do it all in one weekend because I, you know, life, just life in general. Also, I want to like have my wife love me. And I think that if I watched uh, like four, eight, 10 hours of wrestling in one weekend, I don't know if my wife would love me anymore. Mm. So that was. You'd be uh, all out by the end of that weekend. <laughs> yeah, definitely would not be all in. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> like the bedroom door would be the forbidden door. <laughs> <laughs> That's Steve Willie. He doesn't work here. <laughs> or do anything else here, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, but I think I'll... the first match. Uh, the first match, um, that will go down at, uh, the first match that will go down at All Out will be, it'll be called Blood and Money, and it'll Mm. be Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg on Mm. which rich asshole gets to host tribalist assholes on their platform. <laughs> it's a lose lose, or it's a win for us smart people like the three of us. You, you know um, that Dana White is is working on that. He's trying, <laughs> he's, he's going to try to legitimately get that to happen. Musk for Zuckerberg, and then we're done. That's when we're done. And we'll do it. What, what was the what was the island Dana White bought during the pandemic or rented out during the oh, pandemic? Yep. Fight Island. We'll, we'll Fight have island. it at Fight we're Island to run all the laws. <laughs> Fight Island. That's funny. But so, and, yeah, like just just to, to real quick go on like the break me weekend, I, like I would say I'm I'm above average AEW fan. I don't watch everything. Mm-hmm. I never did. Um, but I would watch Dynamite each week within the two week period. I might be like two weeks behind sometimes, but I would always keep up with everything. I'd watch all the pay-per-views either the night of or within the next day or two. When Rampage started, I was regularly watching that. Mm hmm. And then at some point, I'm just like, I can't keep up with this anymore. When it when it stopped being as important, I just like, I'm going to let this go. And then, yes. you know, maybe I'll pick it up if I hear a match. And then I just got like a few weeks behind. I'm like, you know what? I'm not really missing anything. Mm. Um, so I'll just stick to Dynamite. And then Collision came and I'm like, oh, shoot. How? <laughs> like, because I knew it was going to be a big show. Like, like yeah. it, They wouldn't have had it and put it on a Saturday night and brought back CM Punk if it wasn't. And I, I watched that first week. Um, and then, you know, plus all those other things. And I'm I just like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And part of it's my own personality that I get very overwhelmed by all the things that are out there for entertainment. And then I just shut down. 
Um, so I've I watched the last two Dynamites live just because I wanted to see like it was Ibushi and Blood and mm-hmm. Guts, and knowing that we were going to talk about Blood and Guts today. Uh, but I, I just like I had to sit down and be like, okay, I like I just had to sit down and be like, I'm going to try to watch the G1. And another, mm-hmm. I might just like throw on some old DVDs if I need to fall asleep, and that's just where I have to be at right now because it's yeah. just, it's just too much. And it's something you just brought up, Steve, was you know, it's it's something important when I'm watching it, and I feel like the problem right now, if you want to call it a problem, uh, is everything in AEW is important in terms of all of these shows back to back to back in a condensed time frame. So if everything's important, then what is really important? Right. Mm. Speaking of uh, ROH, let's talk about them. Uh, Their show is coming up uh, this weekend. So let's do a little preview, shall we? Death Before Dishonor. Actually, right in my backyard, the Cure Insurance Arena in Trenton, the capital of New Jersey. There's 12 matches, eight on the pay-per-view, four pre-matches. Uh, the pre-matches are uh, oh, Action Andretti. Scott, what? how did you get this already? <laughs> like, how did you get all these matches? I think they were, I think most of them were announced as we were on the air. <laughs> yeah, they're all on Wiki. Okay. Scott's wow, got this a, is impressive. Scott's got a hotline at TK. Yeah, I do. I got thank you, you, Nate, for for uh, Dan Snyder's uh, private it's self. It's you, Jerry Lynn, and Stokely Hathaway. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, four four dark matches. We have uh, or or pre shows. We have Action Andretti and Darius Martin against the Workhorsemen, Anthony Henry and JD Drake. Layla Hirsch, I like her. She's she did some matches in NWA against uh, Trisha Dora. Ar Fox okay. against Shane Taylor. What's that? I said, okay. Like, I think that'd be a good match, Layla and uh, Trish. And Trish? I think so. Yeah, I think Trish is either signed already or going to be signed because she's been on every week now okay. on Ring of Honor. That's my that's my hot take of the, the day. Mm. Um, AR Fox and Shane Taylor, and then Josh Woods and Tracy Williams in a pure match. So we'll start from the bottom and work our way up. Commander will take on Gravity, Steve Willie. I watch a lot of wrestling. <laughs> I read about a lot of wrestling. <laughs> I have no idea who Gravity is. Well, <laughs> I know what Gravity is. <laughs> yes. I honestly don't have any idea who that is. I know who Commander is, but like, you know, he's yeah. been on AEW a lot and doing all the rope rods, but yeah, that's something new. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Nate. I guess we'll pick Commander because he's got a wiki link. <laughs> I mean, I would expect Commander to win, but but Steve Willie, you of all people should know you're you're a man of science at heart. <laughs> like, you can't you can't beat gravity. No, nope. I mean, well, the man is a literal force of nature, Steve. The man that gravity forgot made the main event, and and that's probably why. Because gravity just gravity didn't bother beating him; we just completely forgot about him. Um, just like Northwestern, because they're going mm. down. Mm. <laughs> um, 
Wait, yeah, if I if I would have gone to Northwestern like my family wanted me to do, would I have been Wildcat Willie? Yes, but I, I, I fear for what they would have made you do to earn that title, Steve. Yeah, you're too nice a guy. You're like a you're like a delicate flower, Steve Willie. I don't know what would have happened there. <laughs> you might have gotten folded up. <laughs> I don't I don't want to see you taped to any goal post in the end zone. Yeah, oh, no. and I don't I don't want to see want them run with your we want, I, I could say something about running, but I'm going to avoid it. Um, no. I don't want to anyway. see them whoring Steve Willie out to. No, I wouldn't be on that man. track team. No, you would not be on that track team. <laughs> um, Steve Sugar right, Baby Willie. Baby. <laughs> the six man tag team titles are on the line. Uh, the Mogul Embassy, our champions, Brian Cage, Bishop Khan, and Oa Leona, taking on Master Watto. Ryusuke Taguchi and Leon Ruffin. Mm. This could be a fun match, uh, Nate. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I'm, I'm glad that uh, Taya Leone has landed on her feet after that whole messy situation with David Duchovny. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you just want the best uh, for, for, for Taya. Uh, but no, I, I think... <laughs> I think this will be an entertaining match. Uh, obviously, you know, one of these stables has a uh, former guest on the NWA podcast. Uh, in, mm. in, in, in in the one of uh, Prince Nana. So you know where my loyalties lie, Steve Willie. It is, yeah. I, I'm just worried about how much uh, crypto he got uh, mm. Chris Reilly in. Yes. I, I'm, I, he still, Chris still hasn't told me if he's paid for the uh, embassy plan yet. <laughs> yeah, this will be like this is going to be three big giant freaking dudes, mm. and uh, Leon Ruffin, <laughs> who's tiny as can be, yes, Master Wado, who's kind of a joke amongst at least American New Japan fans, and Raisuke Taguchi, who is kind of a, an old comedy character. All three of whom are very, very small. Like Master Watto is a cruiserweight. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be some, there's going to be some people thrown around in this match. Yes. Mm. Uh, do we see the titles change? No. no, no, I don't think so either. All right, we have a fight without honor match, and this is where I have a problem. Okay, and this is just, and 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 this is the same. Everybody likes, everybody makes fun of WWE for encroaching on NXT. Mm-hmm. So in Fight Without Honor, we have The Righteous, which is Vincent, Dutch, and Stu Grayson against The Dark Order. This is very confusing. Why? Why? I can tell you the story. So the story <laughs> is, um, you know, Stu Grayson came back, and then The Righteous, Vincent, and Dutch, who have been in Ring of Honor forever... Um, they kind of broke off of the kingdom and then they had like the really weird, it's like, like this real weird, dark, uh, group. So they kind of poisoned Stu Grayson's mind. Like, Hey, you've been gone for a while. Dark order is just this comedy group now, you know, they're not, you know, is this really what Brody Lee wanted? And so over the course of weeks, Stu Grayson's like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll tag with you. So then the dark order started showing up and, you know, like they're, just like Stu Grace, you know, Stu, what are you doing? We've been together forever. Um, and they're baby faces. But then on Dynamite, they're turning mm-hmm. heel. Mm-hmm. They're like, they're realizing how weak they are. And I guess you could say that maybe it was the righteous that got to them. Um, and so, you know, evil Uno, you know, slapped Hangman Page. 
And then they were in a match with the Elite. And that all made sense in terms of just on AEW. But now you almost have them playing heel on one show and face on the other. Mm-hmm. So now they're now I think both teams are heel. So I was actually like, it's very confusing. And maybe Tony Khan isn't on cocaine. Maybe he has dissociative identity disorder <laughs> and he has multiple personalities. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like know. What's that? I still think I still think he's on coke. But anyway, um, <laughs> no, I don't. Think I, uh, looking but... at, I like Stu Grayson a lot. I think he's incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in. Tr- this is like the one storyline match. Um, maybe Athena Willow Nightingale is a little bit of a story, but in terms of actual angle, this is the only one. Mm-hmm. Which mm. which shows how important Ring of Honor actually is. Mm. Hmm. Well, this is the only time that we cross the, uh, you know, cross the streams. Um, next up, we have a four-way tag for the World Tag Team titles. We have a fatal four-way. Your champions, of course, Lucha Brothers, Penta and Ray, uh, taking on the Kingdom, one of my favorite tag teams ever, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett. Best Friends, one of my least favorite tag teams ever, Chuck <laughs> Taylor and Brent Tramperetta. And Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. I would love mm. the Kingdom to win the tag titles for like the, I don't know, seventh time. Something tells me, Nate, that Lucha keeps it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a hell of a match. Uh, I didn't know that the Lucha Brothers were <laughs> the ROH Tag Team Champions. So this I knew they were a while back. I thought they had lost them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna they have, I don't so, think yeah. they've def- – have they defended them? I honestly don't know. I, I, I don't watch Ring of Honor. I like – like we'll keep up on little clips and stuff, but they they won that ladder match, like the Jay Briscoe Memorial mm-hmm. ladder match, and I, I I think they did because that's you know who Mark wanted to win, uh, and I don't know if they've done anything at all with them except maybe maybe one match somewhere. Yeah, and I think that's that's part of the issue with this whole ROH relaunch is that their stories are again it's kind of the MCU thing, Steve. Like, how much do these stories matter in the grand scheme of both of these companies? Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, like, when you've got something like ROH that doesn't have, like, it it doesn't have a dedicated weekly show that has exposure to the masses. Right. And so you're just catching up with ROH at these events. And it's very hard, you know, it's, you know, uh, promotions did it in the old days, Steve Willie. Back in the day, Steve Willie. You know, <laughs> when you didn't have TV or, or your TV was very limited, you told stories at these big shows, but you know, they were with there was a there was a, a nuance to it, you know, and a lot of storytelling was told through the matches themselves. And I don't think we're gonna get that here. I think we're gonna get uh the spottiest spot fest uh, that ever spotted. And it's going to be fun, and it's going to be uh, uh, exciting. But I think at the end of the day, you could do a title change here, um, or you could have the Lucha Brothers retain. I don't think it makes a difference either way in terms of how people view this company and how people view this belt, Scott. Uh, But just to – like, I would prefer if the Kingdom won uh, because then that – that feels a little bit more like ROH. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point, you know, you're going to have to start drawing lines, not hard lines, but making some distinctions. And 
I hate to say it this way, but it feels like the Lucha Brothers are a little too good. Yeah, for, I agree. For this title, it, 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 it's like it's like if you take a, a middling NBA team, like a team that's good, Steve Willie, mm-hmm. like like your Chicago Bulls. Like <laughs> they're good. Uh, you know, they're not quite good enough to win the NBA title yet. But if you sent the Chicago Bulls as currently constructed to the G League and they won the G League title, like okay, you you got a title, but but what does it mean? Because you're too good for that title. Right. And I think they have and I, I Nate, you know, here I was thinking about you tonight, Nate, because I saw that Kevin Kelly like is going to be doing a couple of the G1 shows mm-hmm. solo cuz I think Chris Charlton has like a regular job too. And I'm like if ever there was an opening for Nate mm-hmm. Milton to go call wrestling, it mm-hmm. is now. Like get Kevin on the phone, we got connections. And now I'm thinking as I'm looking this, like, I could do this. I can book <laughs> this promotion. <laughs> I could. I, there's no <laughs> minds. Like, there are people. And, and I think Collision did throw Ring of Honor off. Mm-hmm. Because I, I thought, my thought was that they would do, like, a little mini touring brand. Like, do the tapings in, like, Jacksonville or wherever they were doing them at Daly's place have like regular tapings and then do a handful of, do like your four major pay-per-views and maybe like four other shows and like other areas that were kind of like B shows mm-hmm. and there's your brand. But now with collision, they're just taping most of the matches, you know, like they were AW dark. That's really mm-hmm. all it is. Yes. And so the, and I, I think they have some still that they're taping in. Jacksonville, I, I wonder if there's like their show is a combination of the both. Like, um, God, what was the name of that uh, show before Raw that would show the before Raw happened that would, it would like show um, WWF matches from around the country? Oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember like, what Not like Tuesday about. Night Titans, but the other one. Um, th- that's what it kind of reminds me of. It just right. here's. Here's a, a a match that we recorded in Orlando. Here's one that we recorded <laughs> in uh, Chicago before Collision. Here's oh here's God. here's uh, Ian Riccoboni in the production studio. Mm. Yeah, and and to your point about Kevin Kelly, Steve Willie, I I appreciate that that you were thinking about me today. Uh, but I feel like I had a shot, and Scott knows exactly where I'm going. I had a shot mm. to 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 be Kevin Kelly's uh. Mm. Uh, lifeline, but I feel like that shot was dashed when we did yeah. that episode, and Jennifer Smith started singing. Yeah, uh, and, and and I think he was like, "No, I can't, I can't hire this guy if this is what if this is the crowd he hangs around." So yep. Jennifer Smith, I blame you for for holding me back. Uh, I wouldn't be the first thing she ruined. Come on, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. So there's the uh, four-way for the tags. Was that what we were talking about? I don't remember. Yes. No, I do. Um, all right. The women's title's on the line. This one, the rubber match. Yes. I think this might be the match of the night. Mm-hmm. Athena. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. And Willow Nightingale. I think Willow wins this, Steve. I think she should. I think she's red hot. Um, that, that, okay. As a wrestler, I think she's red hot uh, with the inadvertent win in New Japan with uh, Mercedes mm-hmm. injury and then coming off the Owen Hart cup win i athena's held this belt for a long time i think she's done very well with it in running with her character and 
Um, she is someone who has been only Ring of Honor mm. since she got this title. Um, and I think that uh, that Willow makes sense to win. Um, unfortunately, that might mean she's not going to be on AEW as much anymore because she's uh, one of the bright spots in the women's roster. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for this match. You know, I said that there's only one storyline match. I think this is a storyline match, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think this has the potential to be the match of the night or at least, you know, come close to stealing the show. I think, you know, as, as much credit as we can give to Willow, who has been really good for a long time, and it's it's a role that's hard to be good in sometimes, Steve. You know, the 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 white meat baby face, uh, but still have a little bit of edge to you. Mm-hmm. Like, like Willow is just sweet as cotton candy, but if you piss her off, she can kick your ass. And I yeah. think that's a fine line to walk as a performer, right. and she she does a great job with it. Uh, but I think we've also got to give credit to Athena, who I think has kind of come into her role as this uh, ROH Women's Champion in a way that I think she kind of struggled to find her footing when she first got to AEW. Just right. because there's, there's so much going on in AEW. And so I think she's done a good job uh, with this belt. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they had a retain, but I think the move is to go with Willow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I think it's going to be a great match and it gives, it gives ROH more of a hook in a way like, like Willow's been showcased on AEW, And now, Hey, if you want to see this performer who won the Owen Hart cup, who had all these fun matches, you got to watch ROH wherever we're airing ROH. Right. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I feel like it needs to be even a little bit more. They should have made Collision an ROH show, uh, to be honest with you. That's that's my opinion. They should have made Collision a Ring of Honor show. Uh, you know, three hours of AEW programming on Wednesday and Friday was more than enough. They should have. I mean, I, I I hear your point, Scott. I hear your point. I really do. But I think the reason Collision had to be an AEW show is they have better catering. And we know how much <laughs> Phil Brooks likes likes the catering, and so you know you like like the the AEW catering. They have the best, the finest muffins Chicago can bake. <laughs> ROH ROH has prepackaged Otis Bunkermeyer's man, and oh, I like the Otis Bunkermeyer so muffins, but but they can't compare to the finest muffins in all of Chicago. Got to get that Spindrift Seltzer Punk, <laughs> and then he can lock the door, and poor Kenneth and Nicholas have to go have Chick Fil A. So. <laughs> It's too bad we're not doing this on video. Who is CM Punk going to argue with an ROH? That's the other thing. But yeah. Gabe Sapolsky. Yeah. <laughs> Gabe Sapolsky. Why would he? Gabe Sapolsky made him a star. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. I, I, th- I think we all feel that. I mean, we love Athena, but I feel like uh, this is a time. I, I, I agree with uh, with uh, with Nate. I think this is the time to strike while the iron's hot for Willow Nightingale. I really do. And I think you can move Athena right back up to the, mm-hmm. uh, like, I, I hate to sound like WWE talk, but like the main <laughs> roster, so yeah. to speak. She can go after uh, Statlander. Yeah, she's been yeah. off TV for a while now, so. So next, we have the pure title in a pure match. We have uh, Shibata and Daniel Garcia. Mm. Um. Somebody may go out in a stretcher here, but <laughs> hopefully not with a sheet over them. But this could be this could be pretty pretty rough. 
But at the same time, kind of fun. I guess it depends on your point of view, Steve Aloysius Willie. What do you think? Yeah, I, I've, I've been really enjoying Daniel Garcia as of late. He's a great wrestler to begin with, but he's been adding this, like, uh, it started off slowly where he would just do, like, this little dance to taunt, and now he's just gone all in on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's pretty dang funny. Um, and there's, like, this little bit of storyline going in AEW that Jericho kind of wants, like, Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara to, like, spread out on their own a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I could see this. This is titles kind of hopped around between Garcia, Wheeler, Yuta, and Shibata, and I think it might be time for Garcia to do it because Shibata is really not wrestling much. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just it's like he'll pop up on Forbidden Door and here to there, and I think the belt would do more for Daniel Garcia than it would for Shibata. It's also why I want to win. Yeah, I agree, Steve. I, I think, you know, the belt would do more for Garcia. And I also feel like just from the ROH standpoint, who's the guy we can put out in front of the crowd more? Mm-hmm. You know, who's the guy we can kind of brand as our own more? And it's Garcia. So, yeah, I think that's the call. And he's young. You know, he's a he's a very young guy with a ton of potential and not his brain's not going to bleed all over the place if he gets hit the wrong way. Sorry, I shouldn't say that, but I'm still fired up about the uh, G1 match that I told you guys about. Mm. Still gives Steve nightmares to this day. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah. What do you think, Nate? I think Shibata... Re- uh, no, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm going Garcia. Yeah, I think Garcia wins, too. Shibata should retire. Um, uh, how he came back after that match is completely beyond me. I mean, you were talking about scrambled eggs. Woo! Yeah. Yikes. Um, one of the bigger matches on the card is for the ROH television title, your champion, uh, Samoa Joe, and Dalton Castle. Mm. Um, I think Dalton Castle needs to win, because I think we need to start taking belts off all these, uh, off all these... AEW guy, Steve. Um, I, I just think it needs... To, it's time to start. This needs to have its own identity. Why would you buy it if you're not going to give it its own identity? <laughs> so, I think... I think it, Joe's had a great career. And I get it. It's time to stop doing things just because Vince didn't do that. Didn't do it. So, the whole... We made Joe a champion again because Vince just wanted to be an announcer. All right, enough's enough. We're all not 11 years old. We save those kind of rivalries... For, for Musk versus Zuckerberg live on Rogan Island or whatever the guy, whatever, <laughs> Dana Island. Red on Dana's Isle. Da, da. Um, so I think Dalton Castle walks out the television champion, Nate. Yeah, I feel like Joe, see, I think Samoa Joe is the move if you have a more established TV presence. Like if this is something airing on, let's say, TBS at eight o'clock each and every Thursday. Like where you've got to send people to a destination. I think Joe's the hook, at least in the early stages, because he's somebody that still has name value. Somebody that still resonates. I feel like that would be the move. Uh, but now, like, I feel like, yeah. And you know, Steve Willie knows this. Steve Willie knows that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always here for Dalton Castle. Oh, I love Dalton. Yep. So like, I think, Again, if ROH were doing bigger business, it would make sense to keep the belt on Joe. 
because you could do more things, I think, with Joe from a corporate structure. But yeah, if 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 this is what ROH is right now, Steve Willie, and what it's going to be for the foreseeable future with all the disarray and dysfunction with WBD, I think you you, you can make a move and 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 uh and and show Dalton some love. Yeah, I think Joe's gonna. I mean, I, I I think they're criminally underusing Dalton. Uh, he said, like, even his entrances have been hysterical, the things they said. I think I posted the one recently about when he was coming to the ring talking about the farmer's market if he won the $25,000 battle royal or whatever thing they were doing. <laughs> um, I, I I think it could be used backstage, too, as, mm. like, a writer. Mm-hmm. I just... I don't think Dalton Castle sells pay-per-views, though, either. Yeah. Uh, and, I'd, like, you know, Joe said he's going to be at All In. So do you want to have him losing to Dalton Castle, mm-hmm. the 2023 Dalton Castle? I, I don't – I think he's going to win, but I, I don't – I think they're, All In's going to be, like, a bunch of dream-type matches mm-hmm. is what they're going to do. Um, and I think that he'll probably keep the championship – I, I don't see just a really good challenger for him at this point. But then again, I don't even know who's Ring of Honor and who's not. Exactly. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. Um, a Shibata Joe is Ring versus of Honor. Sting. Uh, Shibata <laughs> oh, is, God. Athena is, the Kingdom is, mm-hmm. the Righteous, and the Mogul Embassy. Those are, out of the entire main card... Those that's the uh, Ring of Honor crew. I I don't know if I, did I say Dalton Castle? Dalton Castle too. So uh, six six people or groups out of three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches are really Ring of Honor. The pre-show is more Ring of Honor than Ring of Honor. Is. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Pretty much. Um, all right, we'll see. I, I like your point about Joe, but why would he go to an AEW pay per view with an ROH? That's my point, Steve. Like, who gives a crap? Yeah, I That's didn't mind it when he was both te- television champions. I thought yeah. that was kind of funny. Uh, but uh, they made it seem like there was going to be a feud with him and Zack Sabre Jr. And I know they can't do that with the G1 now. But I think that would be good. Like, have Zack Sabre Jr. win and have both tele- like the New Japan and the Ring of Honor television champions. Because they kind of go back and forth. I think that would actually make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's maybe that... They'll, okay, here, I'm calling it right now. Samoa Joe versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the television title at All In. Mark mm. it down. That's the Wembley, right? Not the Chicago. Yeah, and, yep, and Zack Sabre's from England. So, What about yeah. all up, all down, all diagonal? All right, le- right, right, left, left, up. Right, right, left, <laughs> left, up, up, down, and down. And now Jimmy we're, we're going to get sued his... by Xavier Woods. Yeah, Xavier Woods? What's he doing Xavier here? Woods <laughs> for all... All out. Jimmy Jacobs with the Contra code. And then Xavier Woods. <laughs> All right. And the main event, two AW guys. <laughs> well, actually, I can't even say that. At least Claudio's got cred. Claudio's got a, got a, got a bloodline. Pac uh, used to be like, he was like a 150-pound dude that I, I remember seeing in a Ring of Honor DVD the first time they were in England. Mm. I will have to find, I will find that show on honor club and and send you the match he's coming back to his roots he's coming back yep. to his roots <laughs> yep so claudio against Pac in a battle of guys that used to be skinny and now aren't skinny um <laughs> i 
Um, I can go first. I mean, Claudio's going to win. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good match. I, I'm a fan of both of these guys. Um, it's important to note that Pac is the third choice for this match because it was originally supposed to be Claudio versus Eddie Kingston in the rematch. Mm-hmm. But Eddie got sent to G1, which is super cool for him. Um, and he had a, his first match was outstanding against Shigo Takagi. It was really fun. Um, the second choice was going to be Mark Briscoe. And they even shot an angle where Eddie was the one who said, Mark, you got to step up. You know, mm-hmm. this is your time. And then Mark got injured. Uh, we don't know exactly what happened, but mm-hmm. I guess it was serious enough that he had, needs to take time away. So that's why they quick did this thing with Pac on Wednesday for Blood and Guts and just set this up. Right. Um, so this is just kind of a... I guess a throwaway title match. Mm-hmm. I, I think Eddie's going to be the person that's going to get the belt eventually. And maybe that's going to be final battle or if there's another pay-per-view in be in between now and then. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Claudia retains. Like I, like just hearing Steve talk about, you know, the, what, what could have been like, this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is easily the third worst of our options and it's going to still be a good match. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the Briscoe thing could have been really cool, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, hope he recovers uh, and, and is back, you know, in, in due time. But I feel like when you talk about two AEW guys ostensibly headlining this <laughs> ROH show, it feels like the invasion, where by the time we got to the end of the invasion, where it was supposed to be WCW versus WWF and then WCW and ECW versus WWF. And in the ring, we've got Kurt Angle, The Rock and Jericho. <laughs> Fighting for yeah. the honor of these three brands, and it's like that's something. Something doesn't add up, Steve Willie. The the, mm-hmm. the math is not mathing, Scott Criscola. And yeah. so, no. like I I think again, this is something we've been saying during this whole preview of this card. I think something they've got to work on, like for the rest of this year and going into next year, is how do we establish an identity for this this brand besides the three letters. And the history that comes with those three letters. How do we make a new identity uh, for ROH and go forward with it? Uh, but that being said, I think you know again, it's gonna. You can't have a bad match with these guys, but we all know the outcome of this, Scott. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, this this card just seems so like I don't know, just flat. Let's go back in time quickly. Death Before Dishonor is an original ROH. Yeah, it's uh i think first year they had death before dishonor the first year of ring of honor uh second actually okay uh, dirty liar the first, the first mm. you are a liar um uh <laughs> no um you're only off by a year uh steve uh july 19th 2003 from the rexplex in elizabeth the main event in 2003 was samoa joe wow 20 years later mm. against paul london that's a uh, one of the great early matches in Ring of Honor, and he yes. pretty Paul London pretty much got signed right after that. Yep. Mm. Then in 2004, they had two parts. Part one was at the Molnar Building in Wauwatosa, <laughs> and part two was at the Frontier Fieldhouse in Chicago Ridge. Yeah, that first one was the infamous Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. I was there. There was also a quinceanera going on simultaneously. <laughs> and then they didn't come back to Milwaukee for many, many years mm. after that. So the main event of part one, I just want to go through the main events. Main event of part one was Punk and Colt Cabana. They, 
Remember when they actually, you know, liked each other? Um, against uh, the Briscoes in a two out of three falls. Yeah, it's a great match. That had to have been fun. And then part two was the other second City Saints, Punk and the Ace Steel. What a dick. Um, mm-hmm. Against Dan Maff and BJ Whitmer in a Chicago street fight. I like Dan Maff. He's been in, I've seen him in NWA a couple times over the last few years. Um, I have no recommend, uh, recollection of seeing this show, but I know I was there. At least <laughs> I've been told that I was there. No uh, recollection. Part, uh, the third show took place June 18th, 2005 at the Menin Sports Arena in Morristown, New Jersey. The main event, Austin Aries and CM Punk. Uh, about two months later, I was at an ROH show in um, Woodbridge, uh, Woodbridge, Connecticut. And Punk was champion, actually, so he must have beaten Austin Aries at some point. Uh, show number four, July 15, 2006, from the National Guard Armory in Philly. It was ROH for CZW oh, in a yeah. cage of death. Mm. You had Joe, Adam Pierce, BJ Whitmer, Ace Steel, and Homicide against Chris Hero, Claudio, Necro Butcher, Nate Webb. Oh, Nate, that's like your hotel name, isn't it? Nate Webb. Spider-Man. <laughs> nickname, just call me Spud. And, uh... Eddie Kingston in a cage of death. Um, show number five from 2000, from August 10th, 2000. Actually, it was two nights. One at the Roxbury Community College in Boston. And night two was at the Armory in Philly. Uh, night one's main event, the Briscoes against uh, Steen and El Generico in a Boston street fight. That sounds fun. And then night two's main event, the Resilience. Mm. You miss all these old factions, uh, Steve? Wow, I forgot about them. Austin Aries, Matt Cross, and Eric Stevens. Matt Cross was working yeah, in yeah. WWE for a while. Against Dan Delirious versus the No Remorse Corps. Mm-hmm. Roddy Strong, Davey Richards, and Rocky Romero. They got, and Matt really, they got really excited about um, factions during this, during this mm. time period. Yeah, in a Philadelphia street fight. The following year was only one night, DBD6 from August 2nd, 2008 from the Hammerstein. How about these four guys? Couldn't these four guys wrestle together? Nigel, Danielson, Claudio, and Tyler Black in a four-way. Oh, yeah, I saw that match. That's really good. Can't we just get them one night only? <laughs> Come on. We'll talk, about, uh, we'll talk about Tyler Black in a minute before we go off the air. Um, uh... DBD7 was two nights, July 24th, 25th of 2009, both at the Ted Reeve Arena in Toronto. Night one, Austin Aries versus Jerry Lynn versus Nigel McGuinness versus Tyler Black in a four-corner survival match for the ROH World title. And the main event of night two, and I don't remember this at all, Chris Hero and Lance Storm. Mm. Wow, I don't remember that at all either. I don't remember that at all. Uh, DBD 8 was June 19th, 2010, from back at the Ted Reeve Arena in Toronto. Tyler Black and Davey Richards for the world title. DBD 9, September 17th, a little later in the year, 2011, from Manhattan Center. Briscoes and the All Night Express in oh, Ladder War 3. The All Night Express was Kenny King and Rhett Titus. That was peak Rhett Titus right there. Yep. <laughs> they, Rhett Titus had a peak. Um, <laughs> That's because he was uh, with Kenny. Yeah. The 10th anniversary show, DBD 10, State of Emergency, uh, was September 15th, 2012, from the Frontier Fieldhouse in Chicago Ridge. That main event, 
Steen versus Rhino in an ODQ for the world title. Interesting. Was I there? Um, I don't remember. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe I was. Were you really at these shows, Steve? I mean, seriously. I was at a lot. I, um, I have to at some point. Um, I don't know if I was at this one because was that 212? September 15th, 2012. I was unlikely that I was at that one because that was when my youngest was just a baby. Uh-huh. Um, but at this time, I went I went to all the Milwaukee shows in, starting in 2012. DVD I've been 11? to 25 Ring of Honor shows. Wow. Let's do all of them in a marathon. No. Um, <laughs> DVD 11, September 20th, 2013 from the National Guard Armory in uh, Philly. Adam Cole versus Michael Elgin in the finals of the world title tournament. That's, of course, when I remember this. Jay Briscoe had to drop the title due to injury, so they had a tournament. DBD-12 had two nights, August 22nd and 23rd of 2014. Night one was at the Turner Hall Ballroom in Milwaukee. Yeah, I was at this Tur- one, sure. And uh, night two was at that Frontier Fieldhouse. Night one was Michael, oh, God, ugh, Michael Elgin and Silas Young. That was mm-hmm. a main event. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then night two was Michael Elgin and Ciampa. Mm-hmm. Both those for the world title. Michael Elgin was your champion. DBD 13 was July 24th, 2015 at the William J. Myers Pavilion in Baltimore. Jay Lethal and Roddy for the world title. Uh, DBD 14, August 19th, 2016. Samstown Live in Sunrise Manor, Nevada. First of three in the next four years there. In fact, four Yeah, they're going to Vegas a lot there. This was the first of four straight DVDs in Nevada. Uh, Jay Lethal and Adam Cole for the world title. DVD 15, September 22nd, 2017. Some guy named Cody was ROH world champion. Mm. And he took on Minoru Suzuki. Um, DVD 16, September 28th, 2018 from the Orleans Arena in Paradise. Jay Lethal and Will Ospreay for the world title. Uh, DBD 17 took place September 27th, 2019, uh, from Sunrise Manor again. Matt Taven and Roosh for the world title. Oh, this is like end days. Yep. <laughs> this is uh, like end DBD days. Spring of Honor. 18. AEW had already started at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, DBD 18 uh, in 2020 was in a bathroom between a tissue, a, a Kleenex, and uh, vid boogers. You're not uh, far from the truth there. Scum. A new kind of scum. Now, of course, a year off. And then DBD 18 was September 12th, 2021 from the old ECW arena. Bandito and Brody King, Demonic, Flamita, and EC3 for the ROH world title. I don't remember that at all. Mm. I don't remember that at all. And one of these things is not like the other. (laughs) Um, Last year, July 23rd, 2022 from the Songus Center in Lowell. And of course, the main event, uh, Steve, was a match you and I did. On last month's episode mm-hmm. of Pot of Honor, and that it was, of course, FTR and the Briscoes in the two out of three falls. So, historically, historically, uh, the main event of DBD was uh, up and down. Some years, really awesome. Other years, Michael Uglin and Sally Liss Young. Pretty much. Demonic <laughs> Lumita. Um, so, we'll have to do some death before, another death before dishonor show. Uh, Steve Willie. Nate Milton's got to join us on the Pod of Honor. Of course, it's our monthly Ring of Honor, classics Ring of Honor show that Steve Willie and I do. Um, so speaking of Tyler Black, some news has kind of leaked through the vine 
that Co- that Seth Rollins, our world heavyweight champion, is having back surgery sometime oh, wow. in the fourth quarter of the year. So it seems very likely that uh, Finn Balor walks out of Ford Field as the world heavyweight champion. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, well, one of those two belts probably has to change hands because the other one ain't, as we know. <laughs> um. What do you think about that, Nate, if that's true? I mean, it, it stinks for Seth, uh, who's been on a on a nice run for the last year and a half, maybe even longer. Um, I think, again, this is why I've, you know, not that they could have predicted this, uh, but this is why I was never too keen on the idea of let's introduce a new world title. Uh, now we've got, you know, three world titles floating around, two on one brand, one on the other. Uh, but also it, 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 it stinks in a way, uh, Steve, because obviously this is not something you can plan for predict, but now it's like, huh, if, if they had the hindsight to know that this was, or the foresight to know that this this was going to happen, would they have done Devante differently? Yeah, I mean they should have done. Well, I mean they should have done Devontae differently to begin with, but um, especially when the whole push of this title was that it was mm. going to be the workhorse title, and that's why they gave it to Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. And you know, had both have, you have had both Seth Rollins and AJ Styles publicly state that the only reason this title exists is because of Roman not working all the time. Uh, a little bit of shade at Roman, but also I think a little bit of shade at the organization itself. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, so and it's definitely sad for him. I think I don't understand the money in the bank situation with the men right now. Like, can they challenge for either of these titles? Is it only exclusively? Yeah. So it can put like Damien Priest go and cash in on Roman or does it have to be? No, he can cash in on Roman. Okay. He's not going to. Not going to, because that's my thought was that like Finn's gonna, like even before the back surgery was that like Finn's gonna lose uh, like to Seth for like the fortieth time, mm-hmm. and uh, then Damian Priest would cash in. If right Triple away. H does not want a full blown revolt mm-hmm. on his hands in twenty twenty four, then on Sunday, April seventh. I have to look now. Son of a bitch. Uh, yes, I was right. Well, I pulled that out of my butt. Sunday, April 7th. At that shithole the Eagles play in. <laughs> Devontae ends it. Yeah, it seems too late. <laughs> <laughs> seems too late. It's never too late to make Scott Criscolo happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Devontae. Nate and I... It's Devante. There's never a too late. Look, you needed to sell the 1,000 days hoodies. I mean, come on, Steve. Mm-hmm. It's called capitalism. It's why we survive. I mean, we see um, them everywhere. I mean, how many 1,000 day hoodies have you seen <laughs> out in the public? <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a... Hey, They're no. everywhere, just like the NWO shirts back in the day, Steve. You're just mm-hmm. not looking right. hard enough. A thousand minutes that ROH <laughs> just stood on its own. <laughs> How many minutes was Silas Young uh, ROH champion? 
Zero. <laughs> See, zero days. There was no ROH t-shirt that said zero days. <laughs> so anyway, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor for that title, and Cody and Brock are the only two matches set. Um, and we only have two we have two weeks left. So is Ronda awesome. and Shayna official? No. And okay. neither is uh, Roman and Jay. Okay. Yeah, there's uh, like clear like paths to where they're yeah. going. Yeah. They're, uh, they're obviously thinking of Gunta. What are they going to do about Gunta? Gunta, Gable, Aloysius, Willie. Think uh, okay. Gunther with me in his corner and against Drew McIntyre. And uh, Steve Willie. How's the hot days. Scott? Where's the hot Scott these days? Steve Willie. 1,000 days on PTB podcast <laughs> internet. <laughs> Why isn't that why isn't that shirt up in the uh, shop right now? I know. I got I got to start working the I got to start working the shop and getting some more stuff. 1000 days. <laughs> well, I do think that we we Justin and I may eventually I'm surprised we didn't do a 500 episodes one, but I think we will do a 1000 episodes one if we ever get there. Um That would be very cool. Yeah, I think I do that. 1000. So just get to 999 and then quit. <laughs> Knowing Justin that's probably what'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate um, Russo swerve. That's right. Um. Anyway. Uh. Anything else, guys? That strikes our fancy. Uh. I. I get. There's. A, there is an article here about ROH. I wanted to bring up the. The pay per view will air live Friday night. Uh. From the Insurance Arena. So tomorrow. So if you're listening to this, it's. T- if you're listening to this as it drops, the show is tonight. I thought it was tomorrow night. It's tonight. Friday. Uh. It'll be the fifth Ring of Honor pay-per-view held under uh, TK. He was forced to make several creative changes to get to the final card for Friday. A new report from Fightful confirms that original Death Before Dishonor plans called for rematches from Supercard of Honor. So it was supposed to be Joe against Mark Briscoe. Of course, Mark got hurt. And Claudio was supposed to defend against Eddie Kingston, who's now the NP, uh, who's now the New Japan Strong Openweight Champion. Hmm. Yep. Um... Officials are planning to move on without Joe. Uh, he was going to go to Comic-Con in San Diego, but we don't know what the hell's going on with any of these cons at this point. Um, moving on without Joe would have had Dalton Castle versus Shane Taylor in the finals of the Eliminator Tournament. But now Joe's not going to San Diego, so they pushed the tournament up to the, uh, what is it, tonight? Was it last night? Or was it? Is it tomorrow night on, is it tonight on... Wait, it's, it's, when did that happen? <laughs> when did that happen? The finals of the tournament, Steve. Uh, I think I think Thursday night. Uh, I think Dalton was against Shane Taylor. Oh, okay. I can't I can't recall because I don't know like if it was taped. If it, I have no idea. It's like the Freebirds and WCW and their title tag team title reign. <laughs> um. So I believe that uh, obviously there was, you know, some match changes and uh, mm-hmm. and such. So um, speaking of one quick update before we go on out of here, of course, the G1 climax currently going on. Um, can I do an update, Steve? Would it ruin things for you? You can go ahead and I'll just I'll mute it for a second. I've watched the first two nights and I've just finished number four. Um, I think four was 
I, I don't know. Like I said, all these things run together. But I have watched yeah. uh, one match for every single participant. Right. So, all right. So, for those that are watching, I'm about to give a score, a, 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 an update. So, let's... So, Steve Aloysius Willie's going to put his fingers in his ears and go... La, 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 la. And uh, for those that are that are watching, uh, fast forward the pay-per-view. pay-per-view. Fast forward the podcast about a minute. Okay, ready? All right. So, after four nights... Remember, this year, it's four blocks, eight guys in each, 32 guys. Two guys have four points each in each group. In group A, Sonata and Kaito Kiyomiya have four points each. In block B, Okada and Taichi have four points each. In block C, David Finley and Evil have four points each. And in block D, Zack Sabre Jr. and Jeff Cobb have four points each. So, and of course, matches took place... Wednesday night was the last night they had matches at the ZBO Arena Sendai in Sendai Miyagi. Uh, Tamatanga pinned uh, Tomohiro Ishii in the main event. So, okay, Steve, you can come back I'm now. Back. Okay, and then Okada broke his leg, and then, oh <laughs> shit, turned his ears out too. No, he didn't. He'll never break his leg because he's golden. So there's your G1 update. Yes. Of course, let uh, spoil. Like you don't want to spoil the the greatness of this G1 and. The amazing ascension, the rise of Captain New Japan. Don't spoil that for Steve. <laughs> That's right. Yes. <laughs> so our next official episode. We're gonna we we got a few weeks of vacations and stuff. Everybody's got stuff going on. So our next official episode of the main event will be on Friday, August 11th. Mm-hmm. So that week, that weekend, the 12th and 13th, is the final weekend of the G1. The last two mm-hmm. nights will be at the Ryogoku Koku. I love saying this. Ryogoku Koku Gikan. At uh, in Sumida, so when we record that night, as a matter of fact, uh, the 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 night we record will be at the Funabashi Arena in Funabashi, Chiba. So we'll be uh, reaching the um, we will be reaching the end of the line. Yeah, because uh, they're gonna they'll narrow it down to eight, the top two from each group, and then there will yes. be like uh, mm-hmm. a like a little mini tournament uh, to dec- uh, the eight remaining people to declare the winner. So. The playoffs, if you will. It's like the World right. Cup, only with a yes. lot of Japanese men. <laughs> the yes. World Cup the way it should be. Yeah, seriously. Yes. So, uh, okay. So, um, there we go. That is our episode for this week. A lot of ROH talk. We haven't done that in a while, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Willie, what's going on? I am everywhere right now. We're... Just about to drop if it's or it might even already be dropped. Our latest episode of Pot of Honor. Uh, where, it dropped uh, this past Tuesday. Yeah, where we reviewed ROH Violent Tendencies. We went into the Google random, uh, the random number generator, and then we came yep. up with Violent Tendencies, which I've probably already forgot the main event of that show. Scott, help me out here. It was Tyler Black and Jimmy Jacobs in the cage. Yeah, and in the cage, and then the American Wolves versus Roddy and Kenta, which was a fantastic match. We had we had a tribute to um, to uh, see, and I forgot this. Who was the tribute for? Um, I always want to say Fujinami. Oh, Misawa. Misawa. A tribute to Misawa, and a random appearance by Ric Flair for Ric Flair. no apparent reason. And fitting. Well, it was also fitting because SummerSlam is in Detroit, and that show was in Detroit. So yeah. So that that of course that uh, that 
show dropped here on the feed. That was a that dropped on Tuesday, but it's there right on the main page. Place to be.podbean.com. Check it out. Take a listen. Um, Steve helps out Mr. Reesh and Mr. Duncan over across the hall in the no-so with the AEW pod. And I believe in a couple weeks I'm going to be on the mothership. Yes, you are. You will be. Yes. Yes, yes. Next episode. Well, a couple episodes from now. Yeah, I think two episodes from now. Two episodes from now. Uh, and you can find him on Instagram. Willie is great. At Willie is great. And you can find him on threads um, at Zuck. At Love the Suck. Um, at, at Find the Island. <laughs> um, Nathaniel, what is going on over on the new Daniel Snyder branded Kings of Sport Patreon? Yes, first of all, <laughs> thank you to our, our new uh, corporate overlords. We, we are uh, happy to be uh, in, the, in the Snyder family, Steve Willie. You know, family's important. And so, you know, the, it starts at the top. So we, we're very happy. Uh, for for the, the new changes going on. Uh, but if you want to hear more from the Kings of Sport, check out the latest edition that dropped uh, last week where we brought on uh, Justin Goodrum from Hoopsology uh, and Sid, Sid Pilar, SP3 from True Hill Heat. It's a really uh, good show. Yes, thank you, Steve Willie. Uh, we broke down NBA free agency, and we also had a tangent talking about the ESPN layoffs and Stephen A. Smith's uh, career aspirations. Uh, so you can check that out in video form, audio form. Uh, little little teaser here, Steve Willie. I've I've had some conversations with some folks this past week, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, we one of the things we were trying to do this uh, rest of this year is expand the Kings of Sport tent and put out some new shows because Chris and I can only really do one a month just based on our schedule. So we might be close to announcing a new uh addition to the kings of sport family uh within i'd say probably within the next two or three weeks uh, we'll, hmm. we'll probably have some things finalized we've been talking to some people we've got a, a, a fun idea we think and and uh you know it'll be one of the shows that airs on the main feed uh the weeks that we're not doing kings of sport uh but if you want to hear more uh not just of the, the current product from the kings of sport the, the daniel snyder era uh, if you want to hear the the previous era, the Zack Snyder era, the Zack Snyder era, which was it was it was the most uh, beautifully directed but depressing sports talk you've ever heard in your life, Steve Willie. Yeah. Oh, the, the, so the original the podcast timeline. was the original podcast was an hour and a half, but the Zack Snyder podcast yes. is eleven and a half hours. Wait, wait till you hear the Vanderberg cut. <laughs> release the Vanderberg cut uh, I mean the Vanderberg cut is just all the episodes with Alfred cut out of them uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's 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 closer to a shoot than a work uh, but uh, we've we've got over 200 hours of audio and video uh, talking sports politics pro wrestling uh, the MCU a lot of great stuff in the archives. If y'all want to check that out, there's a Hamilton review that, that we did a couple years ago. So check that out. Uh, and the only other thing I'll promote is uh, I am on Twitter for now uh, at in the number eight M O Z A I K, and I also I am also on Threads at uh, B L A Q U E underscore in the number eight. Uh, so you can check me out on either one of those. Uh, social media platforms. I don't tweet much and I don't thread much, but I'm there. That's, that's all that matters, Steve showing up. Hmm. Uh, 
but yeah, that's where you can find me. And again, the Patreon five bucks gets you in the door. If you want to pay more and be a VIP, like like Scott Criscola and Steve Willie and Daniel Snyder, uh, we won't stop you. <laughs> so you're gonna do a roundtable pod with RG3, uh, Gus Farratt, um, Heath Schuler, and every mm. other great, every other fantastic Washington yes. quarterback of the last Kirk thirty years. Cousins will make an appearance. Your cousins. Um. Oh God, who else? Alex uh, Smith. Oh yeah. Ugh, he'll show everyone his leg scar. Ugh. Um. Anyway, of course, Kings of Sport Patreon, tremendously awesome. I'm pretty sure Ryan Fitzpatrick stopped in for a cup of coffee. Well, because he's been on. <laughs> look like it with the other 29 teams. Um. You can follow me, of course, uh, at Scotty Popfather on Twitter. But please follow the brand at BTBN Wrestling. We do the time travels every day, where we uh, um go back in history and find out what shows happened on this date in history. Uh, we had a great week. We had Place to Be Podcast Monday, along with the Monday Night Project. We had Pot of Honor Tuesday. We had Through the Looking Glass Wednesday. Guys, I want you to listen, particularly you, Nate, because it's right in your wheelhouse. Dave Hall and I went to an alternate universe where either Hulk Hogan was not the third man, mm. or what if there was no NWO at all? Mm. What if WCW just happened in 96? We talk about your boy, Mr. Borden, quite often, Nathaniel. So check out the newest episode of Through the Looking Glass. Dave I Paul. think a better, you know, not to not to uh, criticize your episode, which I'm sure is a fine episode, Scott. I think the more pressing question would be, what would have happened if Steve Borden would have tanned? Who? Would we have had a different outcome? Because <laughs> he, was, he was just too pale to be believable as a world champion, Scotty. <laughs> yes. Oh, shit. Um... And then uh, also this week, new episode, Mr. Groomberg and Mr. Riddle of Nation Invasion. And then, of course, this one. So a busy episode this weekend. We'll have a new episode of um, a new episode of the NWA Saturday special, Dr. G and I, as we are counting down to NWA 75, uh, uh, which is actually all in weekend. Same night, actually. Night one of uh, the anniversary show will be the same night as uh, All In. Uh, well, All In will be over by then because that's during the day. Uh, we'll also have a new episode of the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast. Also, a new episode of YouTube Roulette will be this weekend. So check that out. Plenty of content. Place to be. I hope you enjoyed uh, the episode. Oh, have a real quick, Scott. Yes, a quick plug that I just I just remembered because okay. Chris Ely yep. just uh, texted me about the show this weekend that I totally forgot to promote. So Sunday will be the July edition of the NWA podcast. Myself, Chris yep. Ely, the returning Andrew Thompson, and. We'll talk about the past craziness, the craziness of the past month in pro wrestling. And I'm sure we will uh, spend a lot of time talking about uh, Trinity and Impact. Mm, and, and, yeah, congrats. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Impact, awesome. like not only Trinity, but also Leo Rush. So lots of things happening oh, that's right. in, yep. in the distant third most popular wrestling brand in America. And Nick Alves already left. So, yeah. <laughs> Hey, he's got, he's, got to, he's uh, got to catch that flight so he can make it for uh, All Out. That's right. Or SummerSlam, one or the other. Mm-hmm. Who knows at this point. Um, yeah, so check that out, the NWA podcast. So a lot of NWA this weekend. Check We're all in. I, I get them confused, much like uh, the door, Steve <laughs> Willie's bedroom door. What, NWA, we have an NWA pod on Saturday and an NWA pod on Sunday. Mm. So thanks for joining us, everybody. We will be back in three weeks. With our next official episode, we may have a SummerSlam preview next week, maybe, or the week after, maybe. We'll see. 
But we'll definitely have a next episode on Friday, August 11th. So have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy Death uh, Before Dishonor. Uh, for Brother Nate, for Brother Steve, I'm Brother Scott. You've been in the main event, and we will talk to you in a few weeks. Hey, Steve Willie. Hey, Nate Milton. You know what, Steve? Now is normally the time in the show where, you know, I, I tickle people's funny bones or, mm-hmm. you know, I give them a knee slapper or, you know, a, a little quip. But being that we're in the midst of a writer's strike and, a, and an actor's strike, I stand in solidarity with my brothers and sisters in the entertainment community. So that's it. There's no, there's nothing else here, folks. Uh, your move, Hollywood. Terry. <laughs> Thank you for picking that Doing up. Doing business for themselves. <laughs>